Hey, this fall, we're gonna study the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. It's about the history of Israel. And it's in Nehemiah that we see the walls and the gates of Jerusalem have broken down. Uh, right? And the wall and the gates, that would have been a symbol of security and safety for the people. And in our day, we don't, we don't have walls and gates, but we do have symbols of security and safety. I mean, you see a lack of confidence in those in positions of authority. Uh, we see more skepticism with the local church. Uh, we see uh, struggling doubts with our economy. Even in our friends and our family, there's fractures that are setting in. Well, in the book of Nehemiah, the Lord is going to walk us through a process to find our safety and security, not in the things of the world, but in Him. And so come with us, whether you're in person or online, like, share, subscribe, invite as many as possible to study the book of Nehemiah with us this fall. grab a seat. Uh, welcome to North Village Church. My name is Michael. It's great to see you here this morning. And, uh, you know, we're getting into fall weather, and so I put on a sweatshirt just to will it into existence. And uh, you know, I walked outside, and it didn't make a difference at all. Just mugorific outside. But uh, so glad you're here today. If, if you're new to our church family this morning, we exist uh, this next year to build and belong. We're wanting to build deep relationships with one another. We walk in on a Sunday morning that we're family with one another. And so we have tablets going through the aisle, and, and, and so that's our way to stay connected as a church family. If you're new here this morning, give us whatever information you're comfortable with. We want to make it as easy as possible uh, to learn about North Village uh, Church. Um, you, know, uh, you know those moments in life right, where you, you get a flat tire, right? It happens, right? You get, ah, got to get out you know, discount tired up, like it happens, right, to be expected. You have moments in life where you, uh, you, you set out the chicken to uh, defrost and then you, you fall asleep and it sits out the whole night and you ruin a whole bag of, uh, of chicken and you wake up and you're just like, oh, dang it, right? It happens, it happens, right? There's just, we know life's not perfect. You know, if you have children in the home, uh, you wake up and there's just snot, you know, going everywhere, right? You, we all know life's not, not perfect. We, we expect there to be bumps in the road. But sometimes, sometimes it feels like the hits just keep coming, right? Sometimes it's like you, you wake up in the morning and the chicken ugh, was left out and you're cleaning up the salmonella in your kitchen and, and then your kid rounds the corner with snot going everywhere. You, you scoop them up to take them to the doctor, and the tire is flat, right? It's, it's sometimes just life delivers those blows where you start kind of looking around like, am I being punked? Like, is, it, is somebody filming this? Is this a YouTube? Like, what is, what is going on? Like, God, where are you? Like, we're going to be in the book of Nehemiah this morning, Nehemiah chapter 6. And in Nehemiah chapter 6, the hits keep coming, Right, Nehemiah takes place in the Old Testament. It's the history of Israel, right? And we're going to get to see Nehemiah walk through the hiccups and challenges in life and to navigate those hiccups and challenges in a godly way. So that this morning we're going to see uh, three subpoints. We're going to see uh, the first one is a clear purpose. Uh, second, we're going to see clear thinking. I couldn't think of a P word, so that's just something for you to think about. You can text me afterwards. And then clear uh, pattern, and uh, we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 
6. If you're new here, grab that devotional. Turn to page 36. And we want to we study God's Word. We want to write things down. And uh, that devotional is there to, to help you. I'll jump in with clear purpose. And we'll start off with verse 1. I'll read. You follow along. It says, Now, when it was reported to Sanballat, Tobiah, to Geshem, the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall and that no breach remained in it, although at the time I had not set up the doors uh, in the gates. This is Nehemiah writing, right? In the context of Nehemiah, the people are incredibly uh, discouraged. The walls have uh, broken down. The gates have been burned with fire. The people have been deported into a foreign land. The best and brightest of the area are Gone. So that we looked at chapters 1, 2, and 3, and Nehemiah has done the impossible. He's rallied the people to do something collectively that they could never do individually. And they're rebuilding the wall. It's incredibly exciting. And then Nehemiah chapter 4, we see opposition. People from without, outside the walls, kind of just heckling from afar. Talking about a fox could jump on that wall and it would fall down. Like, you ain't done nothing, right? Opposition is coming. Nehemiah chapter 5, we see the opposition is not only out there, but there's opposition from within. They're struggling internally uh, to get along. And so that in Nehemiah chapter 6, we see the opposition hasn't stopped. In fact, the opposition is intensifying, right? They're, they're clearly identified as enemies. Look at verse 2. It says, Then Sanballat and Geshem sent a message to me, that's Nehemiah, saying, Come, let us meet together at Cherephirim in the plain of Ono. But they were planning to harm me. So Nehemiah's not falling for it. Sanballat and Geshem, they send a message. They want to meet with Nehemiah in person, right? These are the same people from Nehemiah chapter 2. Uh, it says they're displeased with Nehemiah. In chapter 4, it says they're very angry and frustrated with Nehemiah. So that in, in Nehemiah chapter 6, when those same people say, hey, let's meet together in person, uh, Nehemiah's like, uh, no, no thanks. Uh, that's okay. Like, your enemies, I, I'm definitely not going to show up. And on top of all that, they want to meet in a, in a place that's called the Plains of Ono. And just as a tip, like, I mean, in original language, it's Ono, right? <laughs> like, if anybody ever wants to meet in the middle of the night in a corner called Ono, like, oh no, like, don't, don't do it, right? Don't, don't, uh, I think they, that's saying, I think that's where that TikTok video, oh no, oh no, oh no, no, maybe. Uh, it's, all right. Verses 3 and 4, it says, So I s sent a messenger to them saying, Nehemiah says, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? They sent messages to me four times in this manner, and I answered them in the same way. So I want to camp on that phrase, I am doing a great work work. I cannot come down. Isn't that great? Right? We're talking about hiccups and challenges in life, right? We're talking about a clear purpose. And right here, verses 3 and 4, Nehemiah knows what he's supposed to be doing. He knows his purpose. 
right? He knows, like, man, I am, I am about the business of rebuilding this wall, strengthening the, the, the city of Jerusalem, fulfilling God's promises from the Old Testament for the people of Israel. Like, no way. Like, I'm doing a great work. Like, I can't come down to you. The reason he can respond that way is because he has a clear purpose, Right? We know that from Nehemiah chapter 1. He hears about the walls being torn down. He hears about the gates burning with fire. Remember, he weeps with tears. He, he fasts. He prays. He laments. And then he goes to the king of Persia. And he's like, will you give me permission to come and to, to rebuild? And so he, he didn't just stumble into this project. Right? He didn't just watch a Lowe's commercial and thought like, oh, that'd be nice. I'll rebuild a wall. Like, no, he's a, he has a clear calling from the Lord. Right, and you need to hear that this morning. The hits, the hiccups, the challenges in life, they're gonna come. And sometimes they're gonna come rapid fire. Sometimes they're gonna come in the same week, the same day, the same season. It's gonna pile up, and what's gonna help us navigate those challenges in life is that we have a clear purpose. We have a clear calling. Like, did you know that? That every one of us here this morning, that you have a clear calling from the God of Scripture. Acts 17, we say this all the time, that he's determined the times and places in which we live. We're not in Austin in 2022 with these friends, at this job, in this marriage, with these kids by accident. He's determined that this is the place we're supposed to be. We have a clear purpose. We have a clear calling. If you're a student, like, you're not there by accident. The teachers you have, it's not by accident. The bully in your class, it's not by accident. It's a clear calling from the Lord, a clear purpose from the Lord. The jobs that we have, I mean, Scripture teaches us that our work is unto the Lord. I know work is hard. Work is frustrating. That's Genesis 3. We're going to sweat as we work, but Genesis 2 makes it clear that our work is intent to be a, a worship, right, to cultivate the land. Colossians chapter 3, that we have... A clear work from the Lord that we're to work unto the Lord and not unto men. And so that the, the jobs we have, we're not there by accident. No matter what job, if it's white collar, blue collar, artistic, tech, whatever it is, it's unto the Lord. You have a clear calling in that job. If the Lord has blessed you to be in a place where you're married, the Lord has called you in to that marriage. No doubt we get frustrated with our spouses. No doubt we wonder to ourselves, how did we end up married? Were there, are there two worse people to become married, right? We have those moments when the hiccups and challenges come in life. And we need to be clear. No, 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 it's not by accident. We didn't trick the Lord into marriage. He's called us into that marriage. If we've been blessed with children, no doubt we get frustrated. If we have parents, no doubt we get frustrated the Lord's called those parents into your life. He's called these children that we have. He's entrusted us a calling, a purpose to train them up in the Lord. So hiccups and challenges are going to come. And we want to be clear on our calling. We want to be clear on our purpose. I started a church. I've started a, a marriage. I've started a family. And the Lord made it really clear what carries me through the hiccups and challenges is not the circumstance and how easy they are, but that the Lord has called me into those roles, and it moves me forward. We want to be clear on that. Let's look at our second sub-point, clear thinking. 
We want a clear purpose. Nehemiah verses 1 to 4. He's clear. He's clear on his purpose. I have a great work to do. Let's look at verse 5. It says, Then Sanballat, Sanballat didn't leave. He said, He sent his servants to me in the same manner a fifth time with an open letter in his hand. A fifth time with an open letter. So a letter in that day uh, would have been sealed, a wax seal, right? It would have been closed. And that wax seal, it, it would have conveyed credibility, that the words on these letters are they're trustworthy. It, it, it would have uh, conveyed respect, uh, that the words in this letter, they're for your eyes only, right? That, that, that there's, there's credibility, there's authority, there's respect in a closed, sealed letter. But Sanballat sends an open letter for all to see. Sanballat is trying to stir up division. He's trying to put together a smear campaign against Nehemiah. Look at verses 6 and 7. In, it, in the letter it was written, It is reported among the nations in Geshmu, which is Geshem, just a different way of saying it, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. Therefore, that's why you're rebuilding the wall. You're trying to set yourself up as the king. That's what the reports are going to say. You've appointed prophets to proclaim in Jerusalem concerning you, that you're the king of Judah. And now it will be, will be reported to the king of Persia according to these reports. So come now, let us take counsel together. Do you see what he's doing? I think this is what the kids call gaslighting, right? Is that, I use that right? He's trying to, he's trying to stir up a little insecurity. It's reported among the nations. Everybody's talking, right? It's like those moments when people walk up to you and, and, and they say, hey, man, so sorry, about, uh, so sorry about those things that Tom was saying at the office. That was uncalled for. And then, and then you, you say, I, what did Tom say? I, I don't know. I don't know about Tom. Oh, well, I don't want to say anything. I just, I just didn't want, I just, sorry it happened. What is that? It just leaves you in that uncomfortable place of just like, I got to watch Tom, right? And that happens. It happens at work. It happens in the local church. It happens in extended families over trivial things like, you know, the Christmas ham, right? You know, there's, a, there's an, an uncle that doesn't want ham. And, and so instead of being direct about that, he'll, he'll say something like in an email of like, hey, I don't, I, I've heard that, uh, that people don't like the ham. <laughs> what people? It's, it's you. It's you. You don't like the ham. Like just, but we don't say that, right? We want to bolster our words by they, right? They, we love they. There, there, there's some people who think that we shouldn't be doing this. Who is they, right? That's exactly what Sanballat is doing. He's trying to stir it up. He's trying to stir up insecurity in the life of Nehemiah. He's trying to, he's trying to create some paranoia because if the king in Persia gets the impression, like, Nehemiah doesn't want to start a war with the king of Persia. That, that's the one who gave him all the resources. He has all the military. He has all the power. Like, this is, this, these guys just barely got a wall built up, and, and there's not like there's text messaging Back then, he, they, hey, Artaxerxes, don't listen. Like, he's just got to sit and, <laughs> and wait, you know, like, oh, what is Nehemiah? Like, imagine just how uncomfortable that would be in this open letter that's sent out. Look at verses 8 and 9. 
Nehemiah responds. He says, then I sent a message to him. That's to Sanballat. And he said, such things as you are saying have not been done. But you are inventing them in your own mind. Isn't that great? For all all of them were trying to frighten us thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will be done. But now, oh God, strengthen my hands. I love Nehemiah's response in verse 8. Such things you are saying have not been done. Listen to me. Hiccups and challenges, they're going to come in life. They're going to come rapid fire uh, sometimes. And, And when they come, all the more reason we need to be clear on our purpose Lord, I know what you've called me to do. I know exactly what you've called me to do. And we need to be clear on our thinking. We we need to have rational thinking. When the hiccups and challenges in life come, we need to have clear thinking, right? Because hiccups and challenges, they're stressful. They're stressful. And I don't know about you, but when they come in my life, like I get swept up, like like my hands like start, like I can, like it's hard to sleep sometimes, my emotions, right, or are firing. And when my, when my emotions start running, I, I find that I don't sleep as well. So then physically, I start feeling run down, right? When those hiccups and they keep coming, I'm run down emotionally, run down physically. When I get run down emotionally, I get run down physically. I get depleted spiritually. Right? I get vulnerable. I get weak spiritually because my mind, right, it's, it's, it's fatigued. And it's, it's in those places that I found the dreaded D's come at us. Y'all know the dreaded D's, right? Hiccups and challenges in life, the dreaded D's come with discouragement, right? You're just like, oh, another flat tire? Like how many flat tires we got to repair? It's never ending. Left out the chicken again? We've got reminders, right? We have all these things to help us, and we still forgot. We get... We get discouraged. The dreaded D's start coming for us. We get discouraged. We start feeling that dread, right? The dread of just where it feels like taking a shower is exhausting. You ever been in those places? You're like, I took a shower today. Like, high five it. Like, I, I got dressed, right? Because it's just the discouragement starts building up in, in our lives. And then you feel that dread, and then you start feeling discontent. The dreaded D of discontent comes upon you so that we start looking at other people. We go to our Instagram page. We start looking at our cousins, our aunt. And uh, look at their life. Look how easy their marriage is. And their kids just eat food, just normal, like normal people. Like, why does my kid do this? And this boss, like, look, their boss actually gave them a raise. I don't know the last time I've gotten a raise. Right? You start comparing. You become discontent. Right? The dreaded Ds come upon us. When we, when we get that place of discontent, we start to doubt. Right When that d- discouragement, the dread, the discontent, and then we start to doubt, well, why am I even in this point in life? Why did I end up in, in this marriage? Why did I end up with these kids? I, I think the Lord gave me the wrong kids. I think he gave me the wrong parents. These parents don't understand me. These parents are so confusing. They're so frightened. I don't think I'm supposed to be a part of this family. Am I adopted? Like, it just, you start to have doubts of, like, I don't know that I, be, I believe God's word. Like, he's not, like, it's so hard. It's so discouraging. Why did he give me these friends? These friends are not, these friends are more like enemies. Like, I, why is it so complicated? And, and we just get filled with doubt, and it, and it just keeps coming. We dreaded D's. And so that after we wrestle with some doubt, it's easy to get deceived, 
because we're so discouraged. We're so weighted down, and we start fantasizing. Maybe you've never been hit with this many challenges in life, and I don't want to scare you, but sometimes when they come rapid fire, when you get to that place of doubt, you start to kind of create a false reality in your head. You start to just try to manage ways to escape. You, you start to b- become deceived, and, and you start to think, well, if I would have taken a left or a right or said yes or a no, I wouldn't be in this place. And then you, you, you start kind of fantasizing about another place that doesn't have these challenges. And when that happens, you're not that far from despair. The dreaded Ds, because the hits and the challenges, like, keep coming. And it's in those moments, church family, listen to me, it's in those moments that our thinking is so important, that we can navigate those hits and challenges, that we can navigate those dreaded Ds that are coming at us. It's rational thinking. It's clear thinking in those moments, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't, I don't want to scare you. Like, I, I've... I, I've been there. I know I can describe that so well because I, I know it so well. And, you know, the, the, the chicken's left out, and you're just like, I'm the worst spouse ever. I can't even keep. I, the kid is sick. I, I'm not a great parent. I'm a horrible parent. My car's breaking down. I'm, I'm horrible with finances. And you're like, why do I even do this? Why do I even try? Why do I even? And then I start to kind of sp- I start to do this. I start to, th- I start to think, like, what if I just got in the car and just drove away? I don't want to scare you. I don't do this all the time, but there's absolutely times where that has, that, is, that has seemed like a better option. If I just got in the car and I drove off into the woods, the woods seems so, so accepting, right? Like such a, I just got to go to the woods to get away from all these hits and these challenges that keep coming. And that's why our thinking is so important so we can, like Nehemiah of old, call out this verse and say, such things you are saying are not true. To be able to go through those dreaded deeds and be like, that's, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. This is true. This is true. This is, we need clear thinking during that time. We need clear thinking. There's a verse that the Lord kind of brought to my, to my life early on in my faith. It's out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I've shared this with you before. The Apostle Paul writes, we are destroying speculations in every lofty thing. He's talking about that, that our spiritual battles, it's not against flesh and blood, that it's a, it's a spiritual warfare. And so he says we have to destroy those speculations. Speculations in the original language is false, rational thinking. It's false thinking. It's, it's, that, it's that fairy tale life that we, we, we fabricate in our, in our heads. We're going to destroy it. It's like, that's not true. That's not true. And that, and that we would take those thoughts captive Right there in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. And I do that sometimes. Sometimes I'm, I'm literally, I'm driving down the road and I'm that crazy person talking to myself in the car and I just pray. I say, Holy Spirit, help me to believe true things. Help me to stop spinning out because I'll domino it out of like, well, this happens and this happens and this happens. I'm like, that's not true. What's true is I got to make it to this red light. What's true is I got to make it to this meeting. What's true is I got to sit down and eat lunch. And I just try, clear thinking is so important for his church family, especially when those hits keep coming. That's why we want to know God's word. That's why we want to build and belong, right? That we know how to think through those hits and challenges that come our way. Let's look at our third subpoint: a clear pattern. A clear pattern. We got clear purpose, clear thinking, clear pattern. Look at verse 10. 
It says, when I entered the house of Shemaiah, the sons of Deliah, and son of Mehetabel, I don't know, if, I went to public school, whatever, who was confined at home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Shemaiah's invite to, hey, let's meet in the temple to Nehemiah. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you, and they are coming to kill you at night. You see the hits keep coming. Now, we don't know who Shemaiah is. This is the only time he shows up. He doesn't show up at any other place in Scripture, so we don't even know what to think about this guy. But at some, in some way, he, he, he seems like he's a friend of Nehemiah because he's confined in his home, and Nehemiah goes to his home. He does a house call. He meets him in his home. So in some way, you're like, well, this must be a trusted. Maybe this is a trusted friend of Nehemiah, and yet, as the verse unfolds, He's trying to get Nehemiah to hide in the temple. Nehemiah knows. Uh, only the priests go into the Holy of Holies. Like, you're trying to lead me, you're trying to lead me astray. So you appear as a friend, but you're actually, you're trying to, de to deceive me. The hits keep coming for Nehemiah. Look at verses 11, 12, and 13. Nehemiah says, but I said, should a man like me flee? So he's trying to get not, he's trying to get Nehemiah to run. He's like, should I should I run and hide? And could one such as I go into the temple to save his life? No, I will not go in. Then I perceived that surely God had not sent him. He was not a friend, but he uttered his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sinballat had hired him. He was hired for this reason that I might become frightened and act accordingly in sin, so that they might have an evil report in order that they could reproach me. Isn't that good? When the hiccups and challenges come in life, we want clear purpose. We want clear thinking. Right? We want a clear pattern of weaving God's word into our life every day. It's the only thing I can assume that... that, that, that that Nehemiah is able to call out that deception and call out the, 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 the offense and the opposition of these people in his life is because he knows God's word over and over, so he's able to call it out. He's like, you're trying to lead me into to the temple. I'm not a priest. Like, no, no, you're trying, to, you're trying to hurt me. You're trying to help me. That's Leviticus 16. Well, he says such things are not true. Back in our second point. Well, the only way he's, he's able to discern that because he knows what's true. He knows God's word. He's weaving it into his life. He knows his purpose. From the very beginning, he says, I got a good work. I'm not going to come down to you. I'm doing exactly what God has called me to do. The only way he knows what God has called him to do is he's in God's word. And so he's got a clear pattern of getting God's word into his life. And in the same way, church family, I can't stress it enough. Every one of us, that if you profess faith in Jesus, then every day, taking the steps to get God's word into your life, to study God's word, to read God's word, to enjoy God's word, to obey God's word, that we would be a people that know God's word so that we can navigate the, the hiccups and the challenges of life. That's why we do this devotional, church family. We, we have every message from today until August of 2023. And so I hope on Monday morning, you're looking at Nehemiah chapter 7. It's a fun chapter. I hope you're, you're looking at it. 
And I hope you look at it again on Tuesday. And, and you read some of it again on Wednesday and more of it on Thursday. And you read it again on Friday. And you look at it on Saturday. But, Michael, that's a weekend. I know, every day. So that when you show up on Sunday, God's word has been percolating, like, in your soul. Like, I could stand up. Anybody could stand up here on a Sunday and just read it. And the Holy Spirit would be firing off things because you've been soaking in God's word. That's why we do the devotional. Because we want to encourage our church family to be a people that are in God's word every day. So the hits and challenges, they're going to come. And we have clear purpose, clear thinking, a clear pattern of weaving it, weaving God's word into our life. That's why we're building belong. We don't want just warm relationships with our church family so we can have potlucks and have somebody to hang out with and, and, and talk about sports. Like those things are all fun. But we also want to have relationships with each other where we're, we're speaking God's word. We're encouraging God's word in our lives. That we're walking away from those conversations of like, man, I want to go study God's word. Just because that's the type of relationships that we're people who love God's word. And we're getting into it every day that there's a clear pattern of weaving God's word into our life every day. And I get it. I'm sure every one of us has pushback. I'm sure every one of us are like, well, Michael, like I got all these challenges in my life. When I, when I read the Bible, I see God doing all these great things. It just makes me frustrated. You ever feel that way sometimes? Like, why are you doing such great things here? And I don't feel like you're doing great things here, right? It feels like that sometimes. But I just want to remind you, the Bible covers a lot of time. There's a lot of time. Like, it's not like every page is just fireworks of miracles and explosions and, like, right? I mean, if you just took the book of Acts alone, the book of Acts, it's 28 chapters. It takes place over a period of 30 years. So, yeah, there's like 20, 30 miracles, right? There's some awesome things we can see in the book of Acts. It's the foundation of the local church. Uh, but when we're reading the book of Acts, we're turning the page and we're seeing miracle after miracle on every page, but we don't realize we're turning year after year. Does that make sense? Like 365 days just went by before there was another miracle, which means that there's just regular people going through the regular normal things in life, navigating hardships and challenges and hiccups <laughs> along the way. And then every once in a while, bam, God shows up. Isn't that true in our life? Isn't that what happens in our life? Like when we, we look back on our story, every day in my life is not miraculous. But when I look back, I see moments where I'm just being faithful. Just being faithful. Clear purpose. Clear thinking. Clear pattern. Weaving his word into my life. Bam. He shows up. We love it. We love those moments where we're like, oh my gosh, that's what you were doing? Oh, it all kind of feeds together like the matrix, right? Everything just kind of fires. Those are awesome. But that's not the normal pattern in our lives. That's not the normal pattern in God's word either. The normal pattern in God's word of just faithfully following him through the hiccups and challenges of life. And I'll press on and leave a little bit more because I think, yeah, yeah, but Michael, but like those people in the Bible, they had like these amazing moments with the Lord. Like I just want to challenge you on that. Like, I think you can make an argument that we, have, we know more about the God of Scripture than Moses. 
I mean, Moses saw the burning bush. Moses parted the Red Sea. Those are pretty miraculous. But I think we know more about the God of Scripture than Moses. We, we know more about his intent in our life, his purpose, Jesus in the flesh, life, death, and resurrection. Like We know more about his hand throughout history. We know more about the character of the God of Scripture than Moses. And so there, there's so much for us in, the God, uh, in God's Word, but we have to create a pattern a clear pattern of getting into God's word every day so that we're learning in it, we're growing in it. You with me, church family? Let's end with uh, verses 15, 16. We'll close out. He says this, verse 15, Nehemiah writes, so the wall was completed. On the 25th of the month, Elul, In 52 days, when all our enemies heard of it, and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence, for they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Verse 15, it was completed. The wall is completed. 52 days. I mean, they they tell us that the wall was about two and a half miles long. 52 days, two and a half miles long, about 40 feet high. It's about twice the size of our walls, 40 feet high, 8 feet thick, 52 days. It's completed. Verse 16, the people saw it. They're amazed. They're in awe. And you would think as you're reading Nehemiah chapter 6 that as we get to Nehemiah chapter 7, 8, it goes all the way to verse 13. You might be thinking to yourself, the wall's completed, chapter 6. Like, is it just like up and to the right from that point on, does it just get better and better? Is it like a Disney movie where it all ends? Like, we're just like, Nehemiah is just like, ah, da, 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 da. like, it just, is that what's going to happen in the rest of Nehemiah? And I don't want to spoil it, you know, alert for you, but in Nehemiah chapter 13, like, uh, Nehemiah is frustrated. The hits keep coming. It's challenging. I mean, at one point, Nehemiah is so frustrated, I, I, I think he's punching people. I think he's pulling out some beards. I'm not really sure. Like, like he's, he's in a hard place, right? And, and, I, and I remind us of that because I want you to know that uh, Nehemiah is not the hero of the story. Like, as you walk in here this morning, as we look at God's word in the Old Testament, the goal of our time this morning is not to grow up and be like Nehemiah. You're like, kids, you know, we'll dress up like Nehemiah for Halloween, right? They, they, he's not the hero of the story. Nehemiah is just a regular person. He's just a fallen, broken person navigating the, the hiccups and, and the challenges of life. So that the goal of Nehemiah, right, the goal of Nehemiah is the goal of all of God's word, which is to point us to a Savior made known in Jesus. Right, that the, the God's word, as we look at Nehemiah chapter 6, that that ultimately would be pointing us to a Savior made known in Jesus, because the goal for today is to not walk away trying harder. I just want to be super clear here. The goal is to not walk away saying, well, if Nehemiah had clear thinking and clear purpose and clear pattern, then I too am going to try really hard and have a clear thinking, clear pattern. I can do it. I can navigate. (laughs) That's not the hope of God's word. The hope of God's word is that the hits and the challenges they're going to keep coming. And that we have a Savior made known in Jesus. We have a Savior who has come 
and he is, he's taken on the greatest hits and challenges of life, right? He's put to death at the cross. He conquered it in the resurrection. That's our hope, that, that, that Jesus, our hope isn't to overcome the dreaded deeds. Our hope is that Jesus has already overcome the dreaded deeds. You with me? That, that, that he's already defeated the discouragement, that he's already disarmed the despair. He's got his own dreaded deeds, right? He's, he's already defeated and disarmed it. Like, that's where our hope is. Our hope is that we would, we would see here is somebody walking through the hiccups and challenges of life, and I too have hiccups and challenges in life, and my hope is to look to the one who's overcome it, that he's the one who's completed the work. I mean, Nehemiah completed the work of a wall. It's impressive. It's a big wall. Jesus completed the work of a life, death, and resurrection. Right? He says it on the cross. It is finished. It's completed. He says it in John 4. I have a great work to do. He knew exactly what he came to do, and he did it. He completed it. He lived a perfect life. He took our sin at the cross. He conquered it in the resurrection so that we would turn to him. That's the invitation for every one of us this morning. It's not to try harder. It's not to be better. It's not to be stronger. It's to turn to Jesus, to turn to the one who's already, who's already completed the great work. So won't you do that this morning? Every one of us, will you close your eyes? Will you bow your head?